Hello, all my lovely people. Welcome to Let's Get Black To. For those of you who have never heard our voices or seen our faces, I am Mark. And I am T. Thank you all for being here as we discuss COVID's impact. For those of you who are not familiar with us, Let's Get Black To is a podcast designed to challenge, educate, and start conversations amongst the Black community and in those alike. Featuring two Black bisexual creatives, we bring a young, vibrant, and real perspective to issues new and old. We tackle new struggles, old stigmas, and offer some solutions to make our never-ending existence easier. Join, Join us in our plight to inform and entertain, and entertain baby. baby. everybody today we are going to talk about COVID's impact and this one is going to be more of a personal podcast I guess it's going to be more of a personal reflection for me and T because COVID's mm-hmm. been going on for just about like two years y'all it's been a hot behind second and so much has changed for everybody and I think yeah. like this is going to be one of those things where we like reflect on what's changed for us so we're going to mm-hmm. give you a before, a during, a now, and lessons learned of what we learned for COVID, like professionally, personally, and like romantic slash platonically, right? So mm-hmm. our first is before. So I'm going to ask you, T, where were you before COVID professionally, personally, and romantically slash platonically? Oh, okay. Um, so before COVID, that's what, 2019? Mm-hmm. 2019 is definitely one of my favorite years to date um, because start of 2019, um, I believe it was, uh, I was still going to RCC at the time um, and we were still rehearsing for um, the show that I was in. It was called uh, The Vivian Meyer Project um, and that show was like a combination of like the dance majors and the acting majors and like all of us kind of um, came together to bring to life these um, photos that were taken by Vivian Meyer. She was um, an incredible photographer. And so each piece was based off of a specific um, uh, a specific shot that she took. And so um, I was still rehearsing for that show because that show, I think we started rehearsing uh, December of 2018 and mm-hmm. then uh, we ended up going um, and putting the show up in May of 2019 so we spent like it that was our baby like we spent a really long time on that show um, but that I did that in May um, but then in April of <laughs> backtracking a month before I uh, had auditioned for Aida because I had gotten to know um the company feel 413 uh through a lot of my friends who had auditioned for Susical and so mm-hmm. i was like mm, i want to do another show this summer and so i auditioned for aida um i got callbacks for uh nehebka um aida and then obviously like ensemble blah 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 i ended up making it i got ensemble which was you know great because i just wanted to be in another in another show so uh we closed um vivian meyer we closed vmp and then 
literally while I was doing like the final touches on that show, I was in rehearsals for Aida. Mm-hmm. And then I was also dance captain for Aida. So like on top of learning all of my like dance, like I had to learn everything just so that I was able to, you know, work with the cast and, you know, um, perfect, run, clean, do all of that stuff. And so Aida, we did that show in June of 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then I went into another year at RCC, started my fall semester. Um, and then in, I believe, September of 2019, I auditioned for Spring Awakening. Um, no, 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 backtrack, backtrack even more so. After mm-hmm. Aida closed, sorry, <laughs> I'm all over the place. After Aida closed, I auditioned for West Side Story um, because a performance Riverside was doing it. And mm-hmm. so, uh, crazy thing, guys, um, 2019 <laughs> is also the year that I met Marcellus. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, and so... Um, Within all of this time and between all of these shows, I went to go see Sister Act, which is um, (laughs) the show that Marcellus was in, and he played Curtis. And literally how our friendship started, it blossomed from literally the curtains closed. The cast went outside to do meet and greet, right? I walk out. I say hi, hello to everybody. To Marcellus, I walk up to him. I don't say a single word. I just do a specific gesture that he did. Um, and from that day, we we have been as tight as glue. <laughs> <laughs> it was. That was. It was yes. a time. Yes. Yes. Oh and then gosh. also to, you know, continue to like from from that moment, Marcellus and I, we've been in each other's lives and haven't left mm-hmm. um, because then back to West Side Story, I auditioned and Marcellus um, auditioned as well, um, mm-hmm. as well as our friend Katera and um, my friend Ryan. We all auditioned mm-hmm. um, and I didn't make it into that show uh but, she got a call back um, though. She got a call yeah, back though. <laughs> I did. I did get a call back. So I ended up, you know, having to do the two a day audition. But then um, after the callbacks, just my luck, right? I ended up, um, I, for some reason, I always end up being like one of the last people that they call on the list. So the whole time I'm waiting, right, to see Mm -hmm. if I made it or not. And so, you know, I keep hearing people's names and I'm like, oh my God, they're getting down to, you know, the wire. Like, what if I made it? And then finally, I was like one of the last people that they called. And I was like, I hate that. So (laughs) then because I had gone down there with Ryan, I ended up staying the entire time. He made it in, which was great. I ended up going to see Westside because then literally after um, Westside auditions, because I believe those happened in August of 2019, I believe. Mm -hmm. It was the summertime. Yeah. And so after that, then I auditioned for Spring Awakening, bouncing back, right? Um, right? And I just something in me just told me that I like I had a really good feeling about Spring Awakening because I was like you know when one door closes another one opens and sure enough I ended up um making it I got the part of Ilsa Neumann in um Spring Awakening and that was one of my favorite shows that I've ever been able to do um and then yeah did Spring Awakening we put that one up in November of 2019 um and then you know Christmas happened and Honestly, like I said, 2019 is one of my favorite, one of literally my favorite years that I've ever um, experienced in my 21, almost 22 years of living. Um, Yeah, so that's what I was doing professionally in terms of that. How about you, Marcellus? What were you doing prior to COVID professionally? Professionally? 
Actually, mm-hmm. right before COVID, believe it or not, everybody, I was acting full time. I was a full time paid actor professionally before COVID. So my professional career started in like the 2019, 2020 range as well, because my 2019 debut was Sister Act. Um, that was not professional, that was community theater, but that was the first show I did in like three years because I had moved from Germany to California and I was in such mm-hmm. a remote place. There was no theater anywhere. So I finally was like, Marcellus, why are we just sitting here when we can go? We just have to go do it. We just have to figure it out and go do it. So I started voice lessons. I started tap dance classes and I started auditioning. I auditioned for Sister Act, um, got in, I got Curtis. Um, sidebar conversation from that, I auditioned to be Eddie. And to this day, that director will tell anybody who will listen that I gave the perfect Eddie audition. And there was nothing I could have did more to get that role, but it just wasn't in the cards for me to be Eddie with the cast that we had. And to Mm -hmm. be honest, to hear that makes me feel so good because when I didn't get Eddie, I was pressed, y'all. I was pressed. I said, I (laughs) outacted, I outsang everybody. I learned the callback material. I had that high note on lock and key. It was perfect. And I was perfect. And she says it. She says he would have been an amazing Eddie. He just wasn't, it just, the cast, the way the cast would have been, would have been weird. And that's true. It's very true. If I had been Eddie, who would have been Curtis? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's just, and that's yeah. like, I think for that, it was like the reality of theater. It's the reality of theater. You got to get in where you fit in. Mm-hmm. And in that certain production, I didn't fit in as Eddie. And that's okay. I just knew that I could right. do it. I knew I could do it though. But I mean, literally from that and from me being Curtis, I was able to cultivate different, like, different friendships like that's how i met t if i wasn't curtis i don't know if i would have met t that night because then i wouldn't have did that acting choice in the reprise yeah you know so like (laughs) it's it's crazy how things literally work out to be like a butterfly effect like literally if you don't do this one thing all of these other life choices Mm -hmm. wouldn't wouldn't occur without it no literally and so um Mm -hmm. that was in 2019 2020 I started, twenty the end of 2019, I auditioned for my first professional show, got in, I was starring in ELF, and I am starring, okay, I'm the fifth name in the program under starring, okay, per. Um, I was starring in ELF, I was the store manager, which was kind of funny, because I was, but I was all up and through ELF. But um, I did my first professional show, um, and then I started actually auditioning for other professional shows, and then I was doing, I did like a music video, and I worked with MTV, and then... I mm-hmm. auditioned for my second professional show, got it. That one was paying some money. I did that with, um, it was actually Aida. It was a professional Aida and it was great. Um, and then I was also doing a dinner theater, not a dinner theater. I was doing a, um, it was a dinner mystery. So it was like a improv type thing where like I went in as a quote unquote guest, but I was a paid actor and I was doing mm-hmm. that on Saturdays. And I was, um, I actually got contracted by a high school, I was gonna be a guest star in their production of Shrek the Musical, um, because mm-hmm. I was gonna be Donkey because one of their one of their donkeys like left unexpectedly, and then the teacher was like, "Okay, um, I was doing Aida with him," and he said, "To be honest, I don't know anybody else I could ask to do the role in such a short period of time except for you," 
and I can come bring you in as like a guest star, pay you whatever. And I said, oh, purr, purr. Because y'all, the Shrek musical is a dream of mine. Donkey is a dream. Yes. I've never been able to get it. So I said, I will take it. Okay, I was going to get paid right. to do that. I was also practicing for my role as Wolf and in Into the Woods. Um, I was auditioning for shows. I was auditioning full time. I was going to LA three times, um, three times a week to audition for different productions, different equity productions. And I was auditioning professionally. I was working professionally. And I was in school double full time during all of this. I was in school mm-hmm. double full time, getting my bachelor's degree in social psychology. And I was taking gay tours from school. <laughs> I was getting him to him from the bus. I was making his um, lunches in the morning and I was sending him off to school. And then I would go to LA and audition or I would do my classes or I would be on set for something. And that's what I was doing literally up until the exact moment COVID hit. Like COVID shut down one of my shows. So I was working professionally up until the COVID said, no, thank you. So that mm-hmm. was like my professional life before COVID. I was like really out here living. I was living my dreams, y'all. I was living my dreams. Right. So like, where were you personally? Like personally, where were you, T? Like during, mm-hmm. like right before COVID. Like right before COVID, where were you at? Um, Personally, I, like I said, I had just come off of like a high, right, Mm -hmm. of like such a jam-packed year of 2019. And I was, you know, really looking forward to 2020 because I, for one, I was turning 21. So Mm -hmm. I had in my brain, I was like, oh my God, when it's time for my birthday, I want to have a like 20s themed party because I was like I'm turning 21 I love the great Gatsby you know the 20s is an interesting time but then you know uh also the 20s is when the great depression happened so I mean look at where that got us now um but yeah I I was definitely looking forward to the year because then I also was um choreographer for In the Heights. And mm-hmm. so we were planning to get that show up and running um, next year because it was supposed to go up in June of 2020. And um, so I was preparing for that. I was um, still in school and I was planning on finishing out school because I had the plan of moving to Seattle um, to go to Cornish in the fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right Literally right before COVID, I had um, an opportunity to work with my um, high school as like an assistant. And so mm-hmm. um, thankfully, honestly, if I did not have that opportunity, I wouldn't have been able to um, pay for like a lot of my college fees and my tuition. Um, thankfully, I was able to pay off a lot of um you know, a, a good chunk of my college education, which I'm extremely grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to go to, uh, I had my Disney pass. I had had it like for two years, I think prior to that. Um, so I was going to Disney, you know, just cause I could, um, I didn't end up, um, going to school during that time because I was working and my hours, I, since I was working at a school, I was working 7am to 3pm, 3.30, honestly, Mm -hmm. every day. And so I had no time. Um, and I just know like with me, I wouldn't have been able to work with, you know, going to school at the same time. But, um, right before COVID, um, I was working obviously at the school and we were going on spring break. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I it was 
wild um, with the fact that, (laughs) you know, I was preparing to be off for two weeks and then to come back and, you know, continue to work. Right. Um, But no, Mm -mm. no. Because then, you know, Miss Miss Roro, 19, decided to come into the mix and I never went back. Um, I mean, I, I ended up going back, but it was completely different. But, you know, I'll answer that in the during. But uh, um, the week before, like, or the, the week of, like, when COVID actually, like, you know, became mm-hmm. such a serious thing. Actually, pause on that. Prior to this, at the beginning of the year in, like, January, I was telling my friend Ryan, um, I was like, oh, my God, like, do you hear that this thing, you know, this uh, COVID-19, like, it's it's crazy, you know? Like, I, I hope things, you know, end up being okay for people over in China. I'm like, you know, whatever. And then March comes around, right? Fast forward to where I just was. The week of... I was preparing to go on spring break and then come back, right? Also, it was my friend's birthday mm-hmm. that week. So my last movie I had seen in theaters was that Tuesday on her birthday, and it was Onward, the Disney movie, like the Pixar movie that had like, just come out. Mm-hmm. Then that weekend we were planning on going to Disneyland and like spending you know, the entire weekend there just to you know, celebrate and everything. Mm-hmm. But then it was like Tuesday happened, right? Then we get to the middle of the week and then it was like, oh, more cases are starting to arise in America. That's interesting. Thursday happens and we're like, oh, my God, more places are starting to get shut down. This is crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. Friday rolls around Friday, Friday the 13th. Crazy thing, too, as well. Friday the 13th. I was supposed to do a maze at All Saints Lunatic Asylum in Apple Valley. um, But we ended up having to shut down because all businesses were shutting down that day. Disney shut down, so we weren't able to go to Disney anymore. Mm-hmm. Luckily, crazy thing, guys, is that uh, we ended up having to make like an impromptu plan. And so for that weekend, we ended up going to L.A., which looking back is a <laughs> strange mistake. <laughs> Why did we do that? But you know what? Memories are memories. It was great. Still had a great time. And mm-hmm. we were safe, too, the entire time. So, you know, like, we still wore masks. Um, we carried around hand sanitizer as well as, um, like, alcohol in a, like, bottle to really make sure that we were clean. You know, if we had the time to stop by a restroom, we would. We ended up going to L.A. We did the, um, the uh, we did, like, the three-pack, like, the Ripley's, uh, uh, Madame Tussauds and um, the like world records thing. It's like the three mm-hmm. pack, but we spent the entire day there. And then we did an escape room. We did two that night as well. And then we like got dinner and, you know, we were able to celebrate still and make something out of nothing. Um, mm-hmm. But then COVID happened. Right. So uh, personally, um, prior to I, I was on a pretty good Mm-hmm. A, a pretty good train. <laughs> how about you, Marcellus? How how were you personally before COVID? I was living my best life. I'm not even about to front y'all. Like, I was really, like, looking, especially looking back on this, like, a year or two ago, I was doing exactly what I wish I could be doing now. Mm-hmm. I was working, like, y'all, I don't think y'all understand. I can give y'all my full schedule. Mondays, I had three rehearsals. I had three rehearsals on Mondays. That was my my, my biggest day. So Mondays, I would have my rehearsal for Shrek. 
And then I would go to my Into the Woods rehearsal. And then from Into the Woods, I would go to my Aida rehearsal. So I would have those three rehearsals. And then Monday through Friday, I would most likely have Shrek. And then on Mondays, and I think sometimes the Wednesdays, I would have um, Into the Woods. And then Saturday mornings, I would have Into the Woods. And then I would have Aida all through the evenings. And then mm-hmm. it would be like in the middle of the day on Saturdays. And then Saturday night... I would go do my um, my dinner theater, my di- not my murder mystery dinner thing. And then, yeah, and so I was really doing all these things at once and I was getting paid and I was doing these shows. And personally, I was doing great because yeah, I was keeping up with my classes, y'all, okay? Um, I was making all A's. I got one B, but that's a whole other... That's not even my fault. I was put at a deficit in that class. And I worked hard for my B. But I was doing great personally because I was maintaining my grade point average. I was still able to graduate mm-hmm. with honors or whatever. Um, I was acting. I was acting and I was getting booked and I was auditioning. It was a great thing for me personally. Like personally, I was living my best life um, right. before covid literally mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's all i can say and so we get into like romantically slash platonically i put pl- slash platonically because like friendships are a thing as well especially for us because like covid is what eventually sparked our friendship which we're going to talk more about probably during mm-hmm. but um t where were you romantically and platonically before covid hmm Honestly, romantically, um, I mean, I've never really had the best luck in terms of relationships um, because, you know, majority of the time it ends up being a situation of where, um, you know, people just end up liking me better as a friend rather than, you know, wanting to pursue anything with me. So majority of the time, uh, romantically, especially prior to COVID, I was definitely like focusing on myself like I talked to people here and there and like Mm -hmm. you know whatever whatever but um nothing really um and then platonically I I live for friendships right like friendships are very important Mm -hmm. to me um like yeah so I I I'd say I was at a at at a pretty good spot romantically and platonically more so platonically than Mm -hmm. romantically though how about you I was in these streets. <laughs> yes! Come on, no, in these streets! No, but let me tell y'all. For real, for real, um, I... I was too busy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was too busy to entertain romance. I was... I was right. at the I was at the prime of my career and so young too because when I was on my sets I was the youngest person on set by far and people were like oh my gosh you are so young but you're starting so early that's so good I was too busy trying to get myself together in a professional career to entertain people in a romantic right. kind of way platonically I was gaining more friends because that's what you do when you're in a show. When you're in shows, you gain mm-hmm. people, you gain friends, you gain people who like you audition with. And something that I've always mm-hmm. wanted, I've always done is like networking within a show because you never know what sh- what other gateway somebody else can be because y'all yes. are friends. And it's not like I'm looking for friends just because. But um, my Aida show, 
is a very big part of my during COVID story professionally. And I'm gonna definitely mm-hmm. get into that, but like, it just goes to show like, platonically, I was making friends. I was, I was naturally making friends. My Aida cast yeah. was, they were, we were the Nubian camp, okay? We had made our own Facebook group and everything. It was cute, we right. had background, we had background stories and names and it was great. Like I was making friends and I was enjoying myself. I really was romantically. It wasn't there because I was too busy. I was too busy mm-hmm. making friends in my theater. I was too busy doing theater. I was too busy like making things happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, this brings us to like when COVID first started, right? So T already touched on like her first week of COVID. Um, and so like, I think that was the next part is like, when did it, when, when did we personally think about COVID when it first started? And so mm-hmm. like for me, yeah. my first week of COVID, it was like a culture shock. Because if y'all, if y'all didn't like know, I was go, go, go. I was on the run. Okay, on the run what, Beyonce, Jay-Z? I was Come on. I was- On the run tour. I was on it. I was in shows and I was, I had just finished, just closed Aida. I just closed Mm -hmm. my second professional show, Aida. Um, I was, it was a week before we opened Into the Woods. I was still in rehearsals for Shrek the Musical. Okay, we were mm-hmm. finishing Shrek. I was off book for Shrek. I was off book for Shrek too. And um, I was on the run, run, run. So I kept myself busy all while being in school, double full time for my bachelor's degree. Literally. So when COVID happened and everything stopped, I was kind of at a loss for mm-hmm. any and everything simply because I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to not doing anything, to literally stopping my entire yeah. life. Especially that first week, I was like, what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. I was still, but in my mind, I was like, you know, Marcellus, this isn't going to keep us down. COVID's not going to keep us down. We're going to still rehearse. We're going to be rehearsing. And when we get back in them rooms, we're going to be the best people there. This isn't going to stop us. So I was rehearsing. I was mm-hmm. practicing my lines, running my choreo, running my songs. I was doing any and everything because I didn't think COVID was going to be a two-year event. Yeah, I didn't no, think it was going to be a two-year event. Neither did I. Like I said, I went in <laughs> to this blindly. I, I was definitely expecting, you know, honestly, prior to, you know, going on spring break at right. work, right? I thought that it was just going to be this two-week thing. Literally. But then something, like, something in me, you know had a feeling especially when disney closed because disney never closes okay that's disneyland never closes so i was like this that this is serious you know Mm -hmm. with the fact that disneyland closed like and then all of these other you know big corporations and big places uh and all these companies these shops closing i was like oh this is more serious than i thought it was but Mm -hmm. even then i wasn't expecting it to be something to where you know we're still dealing with these consequences almost two years later i thought that it was going to be something like you know we'll deal with it you know Mm -hmm. uh uh, a month or two you know and then stuff will go back to normal (laughs) little did we know little did we know which then will bring us to during right (laughs) so marcellus uh continuing on the topic of covid right? right how did COVID, you know, during this global pandemic, how did that affect you professionally? So, professionally, I mm-hmm. graduated with honors um, with my um, bachelor's of science in social psychology. 
I actually was the most outstanding student for my um, my army base. So I won I won an award for that. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I wasn't doing anything, right? I wasn't doing anything for that whole time, right? But you know what's so interesting? Now, it was literally the day I graduated, I got my diploma virtually. They sent it to all of us virtually because there was no graduation. There was no anything, mm-hmm. right? So they sent it to us virtually. So what did I do? I put on my associate's degree cap and gown and I made Gabriel play the pomp and circumstance and I walked around the house holding my virtual diploma. <laughs> so Hell I yeah. did that. I walked around the house for a good 10 minutes. I mm-hmm. took in my time because I just graduated college during a pandemic at this point, which means I took finals during this pandemic. Like imagine mm-hmm. like the world shutting down and your life going into like complete shambles and then you have to take final exams. Right. Like I took my finals during the first remnants of COVID. And so mm-hmm. I graduated college and I was like, I'm gonna take my time and I'm gonna walk around the house. So I walked around the house, posted on Facebook, whatever, people congratulated me. And then I got a mm-hmm. message. I got a message from my friend's mom. Okay, shout out to Sahara and Mama Pam. Okay, so Sahara was somebody in the Nubian camp from Aida. Now me and Sahara, right. we were chilling. We were kicking it, cool. We were great. She lived up the hill like I did, and we were watching movies together. You know, we were friends, right? And her mom said, "When did you get your degree?" I said, "I just got a girl, fresh off the presses, mm-hmm. fresh off the presses. It's not even here in paper form yet." And she was like, "Are you looking for work, girl?" I was unemployed at that point. Everything shut down. I said, "Yeah, I'm looking for work. Yeah, I'm looking mm-hmm. for work." She said, "Well, I there's this company that I work for." that is looking for behavioral health specialists and your degree sounds like something that would help you qualify. So she gave me this miniature interview on the phone before she told me to send her my resume. And I sent her my resumes. I have a one page and a full. And um, I said, whichever one they want to see, you can give it to them. And she gave it to them and I got an interview and I got a job. I got a job not even a month after I graduated. I got my job before mm-hmm. I got my paper diploma. And that was another thing. So like when like you're making these connections, you never know what connections will do for you. Because had mm-hmm. I not been in Aida, I wouldn't have been friends with her. Right? I wouldn't have yeah. been friends with Sahara. Sahara wouldn't have shown her mom the video of me walking around with my bachelor's degree. Her mom wouldn't have thought, hey, is he working? And then I wouldn't yes. have had this job where I like met all these people, right? Where I did all these things. So professionally during COVID, I was actually working. Thank the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know, while people were losing jobs, I felt so blessed because I got a job. Like in the Mm -hmm. midst of COVID, I got a job, you know? And it was a big boy job, okay? It was, I had to, you had to have a degree to get this job. Like I couldn't just Mm -hmm. walk off the street and get it. It was a big boy job. I was a behavioral health specialist working with foster kids and, um, kids in the foster care system um, and their mm-hmm. families. And these kids had like mental and behavioral issues. And I worked with these kids personally. And I worked on this wraparound team. And it was such a rewarding experience, even though that job, whew, part of my lessons learned is from that job. But I um, professionally, I gained so much from mm-hmm. working there. I gained a lot Show working did. there professionally. And they know, cause they were there with me. <laughs> they mm-hmm. were there through the whole thing, the whole thing from top to bottom. And so that's where I was professionally during COVID. I was actually working a brand spanking new job in the field in which 
Right. Um, I graduated in, so it was just a real mm-hmm. blessing for me professionally during that time. What about you, T? Um, for me, <laughs> like I said, uh, I had just come off of, you know, this jam-packed year, right? I was mm-hmm. expecting to go back to work after two weeks, mm-hmm. um, but alas, I did not. Um, what happened was, is that after... Uh, you know, we went on spring break, then, you know, when, honestly, when shit hit the fan and we kind of realized that stuff was serious about COVID, um, I was in contact with my, uh, with, with my employers, you know, the CEO of the school Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, um, we were trying to figure out like plans of how we could, you know, continue this school year and, um, work with the students um, because you know taking life from being all in person uh, to then completely online is a huge shift and no, so really. um, after the two weeks I don't think I ended up going back into work until like sometime in April I believe um, because of the fact that like it was still very uneasy we didn't really know what to do with everything um and uh yeah I was off of work for some time um but then on my downtime of me not working I was still choreographing and teaching um for in the heights because we mm-hmm. had I think auditions happened at the end of March, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so we started rehearsals in April. And so even though I wasn't working, you know, in terms of like getting uh, uh, like for school. Right. I was mm-hmm. working doing something that I love <laughs> because, you know, my right. my job working with the employer that I did was not um, as fun. But, you know, like I said, I'm you grateful for it. that job because it opened mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. a lot of. Um, you know, opportunities. Like I said, that job was able to literally pay for a good chunk of my college, which I am extremely grateful for. Um, but also that job taught me a lot um, and how much I'm able to take right. as a human being. Um, so with that, even though I wasn't working, you know, with the school, I was still teaching um, and choreographing because I was the choreographer for In the Heights. And so um, then on top of that, I was also uh, an understudy for one of the roles. So on top of me teaching and choreo- and choreographing, I was also learning the script myself and like, mm-hmm. you know, working with all of that stuff. And uh, it was definitely um, an eye-opening experience too to still be able to teach and, you know, work with people who are as much you know in love with theater as I am and um Mm -hmm. to still be able to have something to do especially during that downtime of not like of everything just coming to an abrupt stop like Mark said you know stuff just stopping immediately and not really knowing where to pick up the pieces and continue from there so that was honestly really cool to be able to um you know still do something during that time but uh yeah um that's all I have for professional. So, Marcellus, how was it personally for you during COVID? Um, to put it into context, now, 2020 was such an off year for me. Right. 
it was so up and down because for those of y'all who don't know, I don't cry. Okay, Marcellus is not a cry. Mm-hmm. Um, I cried three times in 2020. Like that's a record for me. I can, and I know all three times I cried and why in 2020. But um, I cried when I got my job. When I got my job, I cried mm-hmm. because I'm like in the midst of everything. I'm still winning. Exactly. You know, I'm still having W's when people are losing lives. People are losing lives and stuff. And, you know, so I'm like, oh, my goodness. I cried and my mom saw me cry. And she was like, oh, my goodness, Marcellus, you're crying like tears. My mom had didn't see me cry since I was a little child. I don't cry. So that's like the whole thing. So that was a big deal for me. Right. To cry three times in 2020. So personally, COVID had me up and down. Because I had this new job, mm-hmm. but it's like, crap, I have to adjust to a new life because I was just a full-time performer. I was a full-time, you know, actor and I was auditioning full-time and I was going to school and now I, and now I um, graduated from college yes. and I'm no longer in school right now. Mm-hmm. And now COVID's happening and I need to stay home, but I'm in this whole new job in a field and I have to learn everything so personally it was like an up and down kind of thing and uh, I mean I was in better spirits before COVID but that's because I had to learn my new normal Mm -hmm. you know like I had to learn a new normal for COVID yeah but 2020 was a year it was a year to say the least for like especially because of COVID Mm -hmm. because because of COVID a lot of things changed like for me personally because then like I got, you know, got the new job. I was, I had to be okay more with me being alone. Yeah. And me being in my space. Cause y'all, one thing I can do is I can be alone, but I didn't expect that immediate switch mm-hmm. to affect me like it did. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm so extroverted. I can be so outgoing and stuff, but I can also be by myself and I'm really good with that. Yeah. But I think it's hard to do that immediate switch. And, ev- and even more so, even more so, because uh, at least for me, I know it was hard mm-hmm. because, you know, like usually when you want to be alone, you get to choose to do so. And with right. COVID, it definitely, it was not a choice. Like you had to take that time to be by yourself and to not, you know, communicate with anybody and, you know, like not see anybody in person. You had to be so safe. Right. And like there, there was a lot of downtime and a lot of time for you to sit and think, you know, with, with yourself and yeah. Right. And so like, it was like, it wasn't a choice to be alone. Exactly. And, you know, that can take a toll on people personally, especially when you're so used to being in a crowd when you feel like it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was. I always had friends to talk to. I always had people, whatever. And so, like, yeah, that was me personally. It was just a big adjustment. It was a very big adjustment period during COVID. Mm -hmm. So, T, how are you personally? Um, I, I definitely, I mean, like, like I said, uh, I had a lot of downtime to really like sit with Mm -hmm. myself and um I guess like figure out more stuff about you know who who I am what I like what I don't like and like I said working at my job prior to COVID um definitely was a turning point for me um and then after the school year ended I was like yeah no I don't want to continue working there and so literally like um about 
I think it was like a month before the school year like technically ended I I was gonna say I auditioned I applied for Target <laughs> and um, I ended up getting my job at Target and so I worked at Target uh, the three months before I moved to Seattle up for school because at that point like mm-hmm. at the beginning of COVID going up to Seattle and going to school was definitely something that was an idea but I you know um, I had like I, I had done my audition and my uh, I had received my acceptance letter and everything in February of 2020 so at that point I was still kind of like you know this is a possibility for me to be able to do this but you know I still have my doubts right as anyone right. could but um, at that point in my life it was like a for sure thing I was like yeah no I'm definitely going there's nothing holding me back because I had waited you know so long to finally be able to do something like that and I had worked right. way too hard to not you know go and actually experience all of this stuff and so um I worked at Target June to August mm-hmm. um and within that time too uh I cut my hair <laughs> in the middle of COVID because Sweet. I was planning on doing it anyway going like before I went to school but you know uh being in the house with your family all day was driving people stir crazy and so I definitely um I think I cut my hair the first time in April uh, and I like, you know, cut a, a good chunk of my hair off. Like it was like a, a pixie cut, but I have natural hair. So, you sure do. um, yeah. And then, uh, I was working at Target, like I said, and I was, you know, kind of just finalizing everything, still doing, um, you know, virtual tours and virtual conferences with, you know, the second year class and the transfers going into Cornish for, um, you know, the 2020 fall year and, uh, around, I think I left for school in August, and so... Mm-hmm. You um, left it exactly a week before my birthday. I did, yeah. I really did. August and I <laughs> I was so sad. I was so sad because you I... Said. Yeah, no, I was so sad. <laughs> because, guys, like... You, you were sad. We're, we're going to get into this, like... Our, like mine and Marcellus's relationship when we get into, you know, romantic and platonic, because... Right. You will understand why I was so sad that I was not able to be here for his birthday. I was broken um, and I felt so bad. But even then, like, I still made sure to, like, text him on his birthday. I I think, didn't I send you, did I send you money or, like, a gift or something for your birthday? I think so. I think I did. I can, and then I think I I even, so. yeah. I even FaceTimed him, you know, to, like, still make time to mm-hmm. do so. But, um... Yeah, going to school during COVID was definitely uh, a mm-hmm. trip, even more so going to school during COVID in a completely different city and a different environment because I had gone from being in the high desert for some time, right? And so completely picking up my right. life and going from living in, you know, such a close-knit household, like all of my family is here, to then being by myself, right, was something completely different. And so mm-hmm. after... Um, you know, being up in Seattle, I definitely realized that that was like the city for me and my time there was well spent. I was able to do a lot, you know, uh, during COVID. Um, and then, I mean, tapping into like the beginning of, uh, like 2021 or like nearing the end of 2020 going into 2021. Cause technically like still during COVID that time, um, mm-hmm. I, had a lot of self-discovery um uh definitely <laughs> during 2020 um i 
found a lot out about who I am and what I like and what I don't like. So uh, we can get into that with this next question. But uh, Marcellus, <laughs> um, where were you at in terms of uh, romantically and platonically during COVID? In these streets. <laughs> Guess what? I was in these streets. Come on. No, I wasn't in these streets. I was in these sheets. And by sheets, I meant my sheets. Come on. Um, it wasn't safe to be in the streets, okay? Mm-hmm. It wasn't safe, you know what I mean? And so I took that seriously. I took that very much seriously. Right. I wasn't having nothing new happening for me. Nothing was happening. So I made sure it stayed that way romantically. But right. platonically, I made my lasting friendships during COVID. And had COVID not happened... I wouldn't have the friends I do right now. 100%. Um, so because of COVID, when it started, um, it started right after Aida, right? Right after Aida. And then I think also something was like, because it was me, mm-hmm. right? My friend Bubba, y'all met him, Kenneth LaRue. Um, he was on our VMA episode. Mm-hmm. Um, T, Mina, and then a plethora of other people who eventually you didn't know, make the cut. Nah, I'm just joking, out. I didn't make the cut. No, I but didn't make the out, cut. Right? <laughs> we're, we're theater kids. It's out. hard to not relate everything to theater, okay? Yeah, no, but you know, like it didn't really, they didn't make the cut, right? And so, um, so what happened was we all like created this group, mm-hmm. right? The four of us we created did. this group, me, Kenneth LaRue, T, and Mina. Mm-hmm. And it was this group. I don't know why. And I don't know why it was just us four. Yeah. But then Mina named the group Side Group Chats Are Like Whispering. Yes. And so then the group became The Whisper. Mm-hmm. And that was something we used every day and we still use and it's still pinned to our chats to this day mm-hmm. is The Whisper. Um, now it has another name yeah, that cannot be we named. We cannot say it on, on it this is, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is a slur that we have all loved. <laughs> but we can't, we can't do it. No, but, um, but th- thankfully though, it's a slur that we're able to say as POC yes. black individuals, right? Yes, yeah, it is It is not a slur for, like, somebody else. It is, like, one of our slurs. Yes. We just don't want to get banned on the interwebs. Right. For saying the slur. Mm-hmm. And we don't want y'all to think it's okay for y'all to say it. It is exactly. for pure comedic purposes. Exactly. It is for pure comedic purposes, the slur that we um, have our day back. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, so that, platonically, I gained my friendships during COVID. And, like, because we cultivated our friendship through the internet through facetime through texting through like whatever it made it that much easier with the now of my like friendships which i'm gonna get into Mm -hmm. but like yeah so platonically i made all of my like i made my lasting friendships from my like california peeps in covid so i think oh my gosh i did have some romance type stuff during COVID, didn't I? Yes, you oh, did. Oh, I did. Not me remembering at the end. Okay, y'all, we're gonna have to backtrack for two seconds. Right. I talked to somebody during COVID. I completely yes, you forgot. Did. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot. You see, forgot. I didn't, but I didn't think that that was my place <laughs> to tell your story. <laughs> 
I was waiting. No. I was like, I was like, there is. Uh, he's missing an important part of his romantic life during I really COVID. Did. I really was okay, y'all. I didn't mean to just leave y'all out of that. I forgot about it. I really did. That was a whole half a year. That was a whole six months of yes. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truly was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, we gotta hold on, y'all. We gotta backtrack for two seconds. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to somebody during COVID. Yeah. I was. We met on Tinder. Mm-hmm. Um, we met on Tinder. And we talked, we we talked back and forth for two months. Yep. And then after our two months of talking to each other, we decided that we are going to be officially talking. Mm-hmm. And that's the furthest I've ever gotten with somebody. Like, me and him were talking. Yes. Um, I ended up telling my friends about him. That's how serious we got. Mm-hmm. I told my friends. I was like, yeah, you know, like, you did. that's real, you know? Um, it didn't work out naturally because... Look at where I am. <laughs> no, please. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, we did talk and we did fail. So, no, please. Um, <laughs> what about you, T? Um, romantically. So remember how I said that I had a lot of discovery, right? So prior mm-hmm. to COVID, ladies and gentlemen, you know how uh, this show is called Let's Get Black 2, right? Acronym LGBT. <laughs> um, and how, you know, we pride ourselves as being two black bisexual individuals. Yeah. So prior to COVID, guess what? Drum roll. I was straight. <laughs> or so Oof. I thought. Disgusting, right? Straight. I could never. <laughs> Looking back at that, I'm like, uh-uh. But, you know, I, I've i had conversations about this on, um, I believe we talked about it on our other um, episodes of Let's Get Black 2 on my Instagram, but mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons why it took me so long to, I guess, like, really come to terms with my sexuality is because I came from, mm-hmm. and I come from, a religious household where, you know, I was told all throughout growing up that if I ever had, you know, any feelings or, you know, felt a certain way about the same sex, I was going to go to hell, right? And, you know, with that Mm -hmm. being instilled in you, that definitely hinders you from wanting to accept yourself fully for who you are. And so it wasn't until, I believe, I think I I came out during Pride Month um, in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, And I think, Marcellus, wasn't I with you? The day that I came out, were you? I think I think I was with you because I tweeted, I tweeted that I I, I like were. tweeted a picture, but yes. we we were together because we had gone to the mall that day. So I was with Marcellus we was did. there the day that I came out. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, I I, I was. think Bubba, were you working that day? I think I think Bubba was working that day. Keisha was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Marcellus was with me the day that I came out, and it definitely felt like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders because, like, Absolutely. I was welcomed with loving arms from a lot of my, you know, LGBTQ friends. Um, uh, Marcellus, being one, is also bisexual, and so he was like, welcome to the club. <laughs> we have cookies. And I was like, ah, I'm so excited. Right? And so Literally. with that, um, like Marcellus already kind of, talked about like through covid i was able to gain two like lifelong best friends like there is no way that this is going to end anytime soon i know it's not because like you know we've we've talked about so much we've shared show shared 
so much, right? And so um, mm-hmm. I'd include Mina, but Mina and I have been friends, you know, six, seven years prior to 2020. But um, right. I had met Bubba because we did Aida, remember? Ha ha ha. We did that the summer of 2019. And so I had met Bubba prior to, and then I also met Marcellus during 2019, like I said. But then our friendship mm-hmm. really didn't flourish and blossom until 2020 because one day, right, in the midst of being at home, sitting, binge watching shows, not really doing anything, I get this text, right? And I, I I think it was from one of the other people who was in the group, and they were like, hey, T, what are you doing right now? Do you want to join this group chat? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And so I joined it, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, Marcellus is here? Bubba's here? Oh, I can't wait. And then from then, it was literally almost every day for about, what, like two, three months that we were on FaceTime? Like, It was like four or five Yeah, months. like... It, we, we, day, we spent some time, okay? Honestly. 12 hours a day, all day. All day, on FaceTime. Like, I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. I think I ran through, like, two chargers, possibly, because I had my iPad during that time, and then I also had my phone. And then during <laughs> that time, I ended up getting my Mac or whatever. But, um, yeah, I was able to gain two of my best friends through... COVID because we, because of the fact that we spent so much time on FaceTime, you know, just talking, shooting the breeze about anything. And then we, we had times too, where we'd get very deep and, you know, cry. And so being vulnerable with these people, right. Yeah. We, we (laughs) didn't see, I, I, I will explain this during the now. Okay. Because I, I, I'd say honestly, during the now we can kind of talk about like, you know, tail end of 2020 coming into 2021. One, right so i'll i'll right. discuss them during the now because marcellus for sure cried during that time okay he did not cry <laughs> a lot during 2020 when we'd be on facetime but all in all mm-hmm. i gained a lot of really cool people um platonically uh through covid and um right like I said, two of my lifelong best friends who i still we will still make time to talk to each other um you know as as much as we can and like marcella said because we had spent so much time online talking to each other it made it that much easier when he moved <laughs> um during Literally. during covid and i mean it made it that much easier too when i left and i went to college because our friendship mm-hmm. literally was sparked from talking on facetime already so we right. kind of you know built upon that and then what was so cool too is that during covid i remember it was like i think a month or two into us like talking we were like we want to have like an in-person mm-hmm. meetup but do it as safely as we can and so thus sparked <laughs> our uh sonic trips that we would take and um i uh i remember we were parked in the walmart parking lot and we we, we pulled out. up we pulled up in three cars right spaced out and we were talking like mm-hmm. across the parking lot to each other and then at a across certain point cars. we like played music we opened up the doors and then like we all got together and like took pictures obviously we had like masks on and stuff like that but you know mm-hmm. we still made a way to kind of like keep this beautiful friendship going amidst all of this craziness that was happening during that year and then 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm continuing with platonically because I'll get to romantically in a second. Um, platonically, also, I was able to gain a lot of friends when I moved up to Seattle. I, um, mm-hmm. uh, I moved up there with one of my best friends. We've known each other since we were like children in high school, um, just like Mina. Um, we ended up being roommates. You know, that was, was an experience. It was great. Um, and then also I was able to, um, gain like friends from my cohort, like with the people who were going to school at the same time that I am getting, you know, going for the same degree as me. And so that's really cool. And I still Mm -hmm. have those friends, um, now, which is really cool. Um, and I was able to meet a lot of really interesting people and so with that romantically I'll say um during COVID I definitely uh I I don't think that I had a lot of experience more so romantically with anything um like I was on like dating apps here and there and then there was a brief time Mm -hmm. where I did have a crush on Bubba but I think that um (laughs) (laughs) that was uh it it was like a cutesy like aw mm, little little crush or whatever but can you really say you're friends with Bubba without having a crush on him I think everybody has gone through their Bubba crush phase right he's like a Justin Bieber he is I think it's a Justin Bieber moment like you know when everybody has that crush on Justin Bieber yeah I think it's like a Bubba thing oh yeah he 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 just has ever been friends with Bubba yes he has he has that energy about him right he's he's a handsome guy Mm -hmm. he has a great personality so you know it's hard to not you know Mm. fall for someone like that but yeah I you know had uh uh-uh don't do him (laughs) don't do him um but yeah so I guess like that was something um but then I was like on dating apps you know talking to people here and there during um COVID uh but nothing ever like really went anywhere with any of that um so Mm -hmm. yeah platonically still things were great more so and so with that Marcellus, I will now ask you, um, what did you think about COVID, you know, during the, like, prime time, I'd say, you know, like, uh, I guess, like, five, six months into it, you know, finishing out the mm-hmm. year of 2020, how how were you? I was scared. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I was scared because... Mm-hmm. If y'all don't know, okay, my friends are gonna say I have OCD. Technically, it's not clinically, it has not been clinically diagnosed, so I don't have to claim it yet. Um, <laughs> but when it does get clinically diagnosed, then I have to claim it. But right. I do, I like to plan a lot of things. I like to plan, I like to know, I like to be as much in control of situations over myself as I can. Mm-hmm. And COVID took all of that away from me. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where I was going to be. Right. I had this job, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with this job. I didn't know where I was going to be. Like school-wise, could I even go to school? What was I going to do for school? Mm-hmm. Um, also navigating being in with these children and being around these children who are in lower income places, in lower income neighborhoods who don't have access to all the greatest health care. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to do? Would I like bringing that home? Because I had a COVID scare. I had a COVID scare during COVID from one of my clients. Yeah. And um, it was scary because it's like my mom is immune compromised. My dad's immune compromised. I couldn't afford to bring anything home Mm -hmm. because I'm out here trying to make a check. Right. You know, I'm out here trying to make a check in a career. 
Um, and it was a scary, it was scary for me because I just didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was literally taking it day by day. Yeah. I didn't know. And I think that was just the biggest thing for me was just like that scared or that like uncertainty Mm -hmm. of what was going to happen because it was like, is it going to get better? Is it going to get it worse? Like people were fighting over toilet paper and I'm just scared to step out my front doorstep at that point. Because I'm like, we out here getting it on over some TP. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, hand sanitizer, you can only buy two. Um, Disinfectant, you can buy one. Like, we were rationing out cleaning supplies. And it was, you know, it was a lot to take in, especially when you're so used to being on the go. I'm like, dang, we really have to stop. And we really can't be around folks. We really can't do any of this. And it was a big culture shock. Oh, yes. Especially because, like... We're a capitalistic society. They're, we're built to go out and be consumers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was consuming. Right. Okay, I was consuming. And so, like, for me to have to stop that, I'm like, dang, mm-hmm. what is going Huge on? You know, shift. what is going on? What am I going to do? Yeah. So that's kind of where I was, like, during the COVID. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What about you, T? Um, I definitely feel the same. I mean... Like I said, going to school, um, especially like taking my life and moving, you know, I Mm -hmm. had to be so cautious and very, 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 very safe. Because like before I moved to Seattle, I was at home and I was still, you know, I was working at Target. So like during those three months before I moved, I was encountering you know many people especially anti-maskers and people who you know did not think that covid was as serious as it was and you know i had to bust my ass right all 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 throughout Mm -hmm. these weeks and these three months of me working there because i had an end goal and my end goal was to get to seattle you know to create this life for myself to um you know fulfill these these dreams of mine because i I didn't want anything to stop it because I had already stopped myself so many years prior to, right? And so I Mm -hmm. was also very scared because on top of, you know, I'm one to not get sick at all. Like, I honestly, I get sick maybe twice a year and that's pushing it. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't get sick like that. Like, I have problems with my allergies. Um, That's hereditary. So, like, I have, like, sick-like symptoms, but it's not me being sick i just have really Mm -hmm. really bad allergies especially like with pollen and then like moving up to seattle and then coming back to california oh my goodness that was the worst but i was scared Mm -hmm. because my mother gets sick very easily my brother and sister get sick very easily i have my grandfather who lives with me and he's over 60 and you know i was just very afraid that anything that i did would lead to you know, an outbreak in my house. And I also had a COVID scare mm-hmm. myself because uh, during that summer, um, we had taken a trip to Vegas, which looking back, I definitely wish that I did not do that. Um, but I mean, all in all, like I said, these decisions were made. You can regret it or you can just keep life pushing, right? And so I'm really at the point right. of just keeping it pushing. Like, as much as I regret it, it was still a very fun trip to be able to take and, you know, do. But because of that trip that was taken, I had a COVID scare and I had to take two weeks off of work because 
um, you know, came back and I found out, you know, a couple of my friends had tested positive for COVID, not even from the Vegas trip, from things that happened before even going. So they had it during mm-hmm. then. And I was in close proximity to these people and I didn't show a single symptom. I believe I could have possibly been asymptomatic and not, you know, had anything. But I tested and I was negative and I, you know, was uh, monitoring myself. I even quarantined. I made sure that I was not, you know, surrounding myself with any of my family members until I knew I was negative. I think I took two tests during that two-week period because I wanted to take one like Mm -hmm. you know toward like the first week and then another one just to make sure and they both came out negative I was able to go back to work which Mm -hmm. was great um but then it was like even then going to work we would get texts all the time from uh like Target literally being like hey so just so you know this person they were working on this day and they tested positive for COVID and I'd I would miss it like each day it would be like um the person who tested positive was there a day that I was working And then, or it would be like, when I was leaving, they were coming in. So it was like, I missed it every single time. So I Mm -hmm. am extremely grateful and thankful to God and angels above that I have throughout this entire, like, even to this point, I still have not tested positive for COVID one time, Mm -hmm. which I am, Mm -hmm. I, I am so blessed to say that because you know a lot of people can't there were so many people lost during this time and so I am extremely grateful to even say that I am able to sit here and record this podcast about COVID's impact right um but yeah I was definitely very scared I mean I'm still scared Mm -hmm. and like through um experiencing that year was crazy because you know like prior to that like we had experienced you know vaccines and uh uh other diseases like uh polio uh uh ebola you know the swine flu like we had experienced all of that before and so i think with having that in the back of at least my head i wasn't expecting covid to be as big as it was but then i realized it you know along the line i was like oh this is this is way like this is serious like it's serious. Especially because it started affecting people who were, you know, in close proximity to me, like uh, close corners, right? Like, that's when I really right. realized, like, that statement of, like, you never know, you never know, uh, like, the effects of something till it happens to you, right? You never know the weight of something or, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't really click in your mind that it's real until it affects you personally. And that is definitely something that I can attest to because right. I obviously knew that it was bad but I didn't realize how bad it was until more and more people around me started testing positive and I was like oh my god like this could Mm -hmm. be me and then not not even to mention during COVID I lost a really good friend not even to COVID but you know I lost um him AJ was a beautiful soul um you know and Mm -hmm along with that the black lives matter riots were happening and so um during covid not only were was i you know fighting these germs i was also fighting racists and bigots and you know people who were you know trying to say that my life as a black woman in america does not matter right i went to protest and i stood out there Mm -hmm. you know um chanting and holding these posters and crying out and letting people know that this is very serious and you know Mm -hmm. i am extremely grateful for the year that you know um 
with with COVID, I'm I'm very thankful that I was able to experience that because, like I said, I learned a lot, a lot, and I'm still continuing to learn a lot, even you know during the now, which we'll get into like literally, um, but. I was able to learn a lot about myself and I became more outspoken and now like it's to Mm -hmm. the point where you can't even get me to shut up anymore like I I will say what it is and I don't care (laughs) right because who gonna check me Mm -hmm. handle me who gonna handle me right Period. so you know talking about this whole COVID thing right uh, this little this little COVID thing, right? <laughs> um, vaccines right. and vaccinations COVID. became a thing toward the end mm-hmm. of was it toward the end of twenty twenty going into twenty twenty one? Yeah, like the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. It they was were starting to roll out. It was like, right after because, Biden became president, yeah. right? Oh, not to mention, right? We were able to right. boot out Trump. We had we had an entire election. election during this a whole election. Crazy. A whole election. Yes. I forgot about that, y'all. For so real, did for, I. I really forgot. We had a whole election. So we were dealing with like a lot. And I know like personally, I couldn't go to protests because I yeah. just couldn't risk it. I couldn't risk bringing anything home to my family. And you know what people are like, Marcellus? That's understandable. Yeah, no, 100%. They're like, it's not like you wouldn't be there. You have exactly. to protect your family. You have to do what's safe mm-hmm. for your household. And because I wanted to go out there, I made my own sign. Yes, we made our signs together. (laughs) And I wanted to go out there. I wanted to be with him, but I said, "Y'all, I can't risk bringing Mm -hmm. home to my mama. I can't. I really can't." And you know what? And that's why I love our people because they're like, "Okay, Mm -hmm. why would you risk it? Why would you risk it? Bringing it home to your family if you know that like it would impact your house so you know so much." And so I didn't. I was definitely speaking out though. Oh, oh, I was 100%. definitely speaking out. I was sharing my posts. I shared a very personal story um, that I'm pretty sure y'all heard on the last on yes. the last podcast. Um, I was definitely doing what I could. I signed my petitions. I was speaking out. I was raising my awareness. I was uplifting voices. I was doing what I could. But it was a wild time because then in this, we have like, oh my goodness, Black Lives Matter. And then we have a whole presidential election of somebody who is very mm-hmm. much racist homophobic xenophobic in office and those who continuously supported him throughout all of this even when he said covid isn't real and he did nothing for covid but ended up getting covid but ended up getting covid ended up getting covid even though he said covid's not real covid's not doing this and that the third not to blame him for the situation but blaming him because he Mm -hmm. knew about this beforehand he knew about this beforehand and so like getting into these vaccines I didn't really care because in my mind, we have always been vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like my thing is like, yes, Shade, you had to be vaccinated to go to school. I don't know who these people are that claim they weren't vaccinated to go to school because Mm -hmm. you were. That is a bullface lie because guess what? When you were a baby, you were vaccinated. You had to get vaccinations to live. There can, I do not believe there is a singular person in America who was born in America who cannot and was not vaccinated at all ever in Mm -hmm. their life. I can't believe that. I can't because for you to do anything, you had to be vaccinated. And if we're going to take it back to the last pandemic of H1N1, I caught H1N1. Can we talk about it? I said, I don't have time to die over another pandemic when I survived the first one. I survived the first one I was alive for. I was alive for H1N1. I got H1N1. 
and I survived through it. Mm-hmm. Thank the Lord. And I said, I don't have time for this second one. I ain't got time for this nope. one to take me out and see what's going to happen, you know? So when the vaccination, uh, the conversation came and people were like, well, why is it so fast or whatever? And I'm like, okay, did y'all right. research it? Or are y'all just listening to mm-hmm. people talk? Because when I looked up stuff and when I got information, this vaccine was pushed out recently, but they've been working on it for years upon years beforehand. The clinical trials were already happening on this vaccination. They just chose to roll it out. And I said, oh, that makes Mm -hmm. me feel better. Also, I'm probably the most vaccinated person you'll meet. No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. I have like, I had to get like seven hep B shots. Why? (laughs) I don't know. Something for my job. But I definitely have seven hepatitis B shots on my shot record, okay? Um, I have my TB shots. I have Mm -hmm. my flu shots. I have so many vaccinations. And let's talk about it. Marcellus don't get sick. I don't get sick. I get sick Mm -hmm. once a year. And it's only because somebody else gets me sick. And that means you have to be mm-hmm. sick Same here. to get me sick. You know, I have to be really near you to get sick. So, like, also, like, vaccinations work for me personally. But my anecdotal, my, you know, my personal experience shouldn't take over the masses. But also, the numbers speak mm-hmm. for themselves. Like, isn't it 98% of the people in the hospitals for COVID are yeah, vaccinated? Yeah, I think, I think... I'm pretty sure it's 98, 97, yeah. 98%. Either way, it's in the high 90s. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, we can get into it. So, that's how I felt. I felt, okay, Marcellus, we mm-hmm. don't have time to see about this other pandemic because we could have literally died from H1N1 right. in middle school and didn't even know it. So, I don't have time to see what this one's going to do. So, I got vaccinated when I could. I got the Moderna, um, and I personally had no side effects. Yeah, it was because um, my friend, he worked for, he's working for El Sol, mm-hmm. they had an event in um, a town over from me because my job was not doing nothing right. to do the vaccine. Let's, we ain't going to talk about it. But um, I needed the vaccine because they expected me to go back into homes mm-hmm. and I wasn't vaccinated. And I'm like, I'm not going back into these homes without nothing. Like with a mask right. and a prayer, that's not enough for me. So my friend was able to, they had COVID events for the community and I was able to get my shot from them. And I got vaccinated and... Um, and then I didn't have any side effects, thank the Lord. You know, other people were down for the count, but I thankfully wasn't. I actually went to dance class the day after I got my vaccine. Like, I, like nothing was happening. I was doing bar work. Which, like, can I nothing. tell you, it is, it is wild. It is wild <laughs> to hear people's vaccine stories because my, my first shot, right, for one, I, I got the Pfizer and I set up to get my vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. I got mine in April, my first shot, and then I got my second shot in May. So I got my first shot mm-hmm. in Seattle, right? And so I also got it on 420. Ha ha ha. I am uh, a, a advocate of uh marijuana (laughs) so um i got mine on 420 right and immediately it was like my arm started hurting and it was kind of sore and then after Mm -hmm. that i just kind of got drowsy and so i took a nap and then i woke up because we had like roommate assignments uh for the next year and this was obviously before i knew i was taking my leave of absence but i'll get into that when we talk about the now um but Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, my first dose, I had little to no side effects. And then when I came home, um, I got my second dose, 
of Pfizer. And when I got my second dose, I the first day that I had it, I had arm soreness, um, and then I got mm-hmm. drowsy, and then toward like the tail end of the night, I started getting a headache. So then I woke up the next day with body aches and chills, and then I uh, had a headache mm-hmm. again, and then my arm was still sore, and then I just like took some medication. I took a nap, drank drank some tea, ate some soup, and I was good. Literally, I was up and at them again the second day, um, or the third day afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's wild mm-hmm. to see the... Uh, the I guess like the lengths of effects that it had on people, but I mean, you know, usually right. like people who got it too, they, for a lot of people, the effects aren't long lasting. You know, they last for like Mm-mm. a day, may possibly two, right after you get it. But it, I mean, to take this little vaccine to you know prevent you from having you know, a, a worse time in terms of effects of COVID, if you were to contract it, um, is saving your life and then others' lives around you. Because, you know, I understand, like, people not being able to get vaccinated because, you know, of a health problem. I completely understand that. Because, you know, like, sometimes things can't, like, things Absolutely. can't counteract, right? And it doesn't work like that. But for people who are just ignorant and, you know, they're anti-mask and saying that it's all, uh, they don't, you know, believe in science, blah, blah, blah. It's all hullabaloo. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me um, because we right. have been getting vaccines prior to COVID. And I feel like one thing that really, I I guess like one thing that kind of like made or break a lot of the conversations that happened, especially during COVID. And I mean, even getting into now, like uh, the media, the media definitely like enhanced Mm -hmm. Um, the effects of everything because that's why people started rioting and, you know, taking lump sums amount of toilet paper and hand sanitizer and all of this stuff because things were getting spread. Fake news was getting spread. Fake information was getting spread. Exactly. For no reason. And that was long lasting because there are people who are still like that. Right. And so I am definitely pro vaccine. I definitely say, um, that uh yeah if you're able to get it you know you're you're and you know saving your life and others around you i think it's interesting because people who are not able to get the vaccine for medical reasons there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of them it's not like there's a vast majority of y'all so i feel like half of y'all who say i can't because of medical reasons haven't even talked Mm -hmm. to your medical professionals um, I watched a um, I watched um, vaccine hesitancy in the black community on the grapevine. Amazing! I encourage you all to watch it because I just wanted y'all. I want people to see what people who are like anti-vaxxers look like because they are. Oh man! Though when they got called anti-vaxxers, they about jumped through the computer screen. They got so offended at the fact of being called an anti-vaxxer in terms of like just being anti-vaxxer but that's what they were that's literally what they were y'all were not vaccine hesitant y'all said i've never been vaccinated in my life and i'm not gonna be vaccinated Mm -hmm. i'm not vaccinating my kids period that sounds anti-vax to to me that sounds anti-vax to me and then another one said okay you don't need a vaccine you just need to be healthier healthy lifestyles he brought obesity into this like he said how many people dying from covid are obese whatever 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 and it's like see 
I would love to see where y'all right. nutrition degrees are at. Because he also was like, he also said like, why is nobody talking about nutrition? I, and in my mind, I'm like, you think celery is going to stop a virus? Right. Celery and pumpkin seeds are going to stop me from contracting and dying mm-hmm. from COVID? You know what I mean? And so like just seeing how people truly think about this stuff when they don't have any background, no research, no nothing. This dude tried to also bring up that like there are 400 studies in which that said that vaccines lead to autism. So first off, first off, let's start there. What's wrong with autism? You don't die of autism. You don't die of autism. There are many high functioning autistic people. Okay, so first off, that's a little right. ableist. Let's start there. Second off, is uh, is having traits of autism not gonna be okay if it means that nobody's gonna like die? Right. That's number two. Number three, those studies were disproven. Um, those are discredited. All like, I don't want to say all four hundred of those, but a vast mm-hmm. majority of those studies were all disproven. So just because there's a study doesn't mean it was conclusive and doesn't mean that the peer review actually approved it. It just means there was a study. I can study how my left toenail grows compared to mm-hmm. how my right toenail grows and say that my left grows farther than my right. But if it's not true, then guess what? It's what discredited. So it's interesting, you know, how like this vaccine talk happens and it's becoming a political statement. It's a political thing at this point instead of like a response to a global exactly. pandemic. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's like a a pro-vax, anti-vax, vaccine hesitant is a stance like who are we picking the president? Like who are you picking for the presidential Mm -hmm. election? Are you pro-vax, anti-vax, vaccine hesitant? You know, it sounds just like that. And it's a political movement almost instead of it being a solution to a pandemic. Like, yes, COVID's not going to eradicate, right? As soon as we all get vaccinated, but it's going to help decrease. Mm-hmm. And having some proper shutdowns would also help. Like, right. you know, capitalism. That, you know, America is who America is. Because let me tell you, I, okay. I know someone who has lived in the UK, right, for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And I saw her not too long ago, and uh, she explained, she was like, yeah, I mean, like, this COVID thing has been crazy, but she's like, when outbreaks started to happen, she was like, it was shut down. Like, we were not able to leave our houses. Like, other places in the world took this more seriously, which is why, you know, a a lot of places were able to go back to, you know, quote-unquote normal, um, because they had people in charge who took... Who, who took all of this stuff seriously. They were like, oh, okay, you know, if Literally. to help the vast majority um, we need to close down, we, we will shut down everything and then i mean uh wasn't it in china that they literally shut down the entire city and then took these big like trucks and like big rigs of stuff and sanitized like everything in the streets so i'm like it's Uh it is possible i think so for us to get back to normal but it's just that uh america's greedy and we are uh very much um too selfish to want to you know put other people's uh, needs in front of ours, so I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh-uh. I don't. I don't. I have a friend who lives in Australia, and she's currently shut down. They're uh-huh. shut down currently. And she was like, I said, y'all are still doing shutdown? She said, yeah. Why wouldn't we be? COVID's still out there. Like, we shut down uh-huh. like that. Like, she was like, it don't take much for us to shut down. So, like, the fact that other countries and other places are still doing shutdowns, and I can't tell you the last time we had a shutdown regardless right. of our numbers, is kind of appalling. Kids are back in school. 
kids are back in school as if the numbers are decreasing and kids aren't even getting right. vaccinated. They just started allowing children mm-hmm. to get vaccinated. Like, just now. But kids have been back to school for how long? Literally. A couple of months. COVID outbreak after COVID outbreak. But, you know, that's kind of where we are. And that's how where we mm-hmm. are, like, now. So we get into, like, where are we professionally now? So you are all going to have to come back next week to hear me and Tierra's now and lessons learned. And with that, good night, everybody. everybody. We We have fun. You have just listened to Let's Get Black To, the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Let's Get Black To and on YouTube at Let's Get Black To. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.